0: On tonight's show, we have stand up comedian, Nima Cat. And now for your host, Cool Card. Welcome, 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 ladies and gentlemen. Episode 61. Welcome to Kicking with Cool Card. I am your host, Cool Card. Thank y'all for tuning in. If this is your first time tuning in, I do invite you to subscribe so I can continue bringing you the value that I'm going to bring you tonight. All right. Last week, we had um, Nina. I'm sorry. I'm messing up a name. Hold on. We had... Who did we have last week? We had Nina. Nina. Nina Lauren. There we go. I'm tripping. She's going to (laughs) kill. We had Nina Lauren. She's an event specialist. Um, She's been doing like private parties and just making like fantasy lands for people who have birthdays whatever occasion you might have she is your girl she could do a thing she's also a realtor so she could sell you some property too all right so we brought her on she was kicking that knowledge kicking that game give me that value last week on episode 60 but this week we're gonna laugh a little bit all right we're gonna laugh a little bit we got a comedian in the house she goes by the name of Nima cat um and she's also something else too i'm gonna let her talk about that as well uh but she's doing a thing very funny very funny personality um yeah, that's all I can say, man. Very funny, very charismatic personality. <laughs> She's a trip. <laughs> She's a trip. Yeah, go by the name of Neva Cat. We're gonna get into it. Bring her in with a nice cool card. Welcome. And let's dig into her brain. Let's go, y'all.
1: On my teeth, it says suck it.
0: Oh, wow! Welcome to the show, Nima Cat.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Oh, no <laughs> that's
1: the most explicit joke that I've ever told.
0: <laughs> hey, I, I, I grabbed what I could. I wanted to put. I wanted to showcase you in the best light.
1: <laughs> okay. well, thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs>
0: Oh man, well yeah. I want to thank you for coming on. I know it's just past your bedtime. You know you staying up to kick it with your boy.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm not supposed to tell people it's my bedtime. I will be up to three in the morning every night. It's nothing. I do this. What we say? No sleep. Don't tell people. <laughs> I mean, listen. You do stand up. How you going? How do you go to bed early? Stand up. Uh, the, the show. I'm- up, I have to get my beauty sleep. Uh oh, see.
0: <laughs> when, when, when you're not working, you, you're in bed, right?
1: Yes, when I'm not working, I'm putting in work, okay?
0: Yeah. I feel you. I feel you. All right, so let, let's, let's get into your life. Not your personal life. We don't do that here. I just want to... I, I want you to shed some light on people who, who may be interested in doing what you're doing. And I want to get into your profession. You got oh, two, right? I do. Am okay. I correct on that?
1: <laughs> you are correct. You All are right. Correct. I, I I would say I'm in two different industries. Okay. Because I do a lot of things. So yeah, two okay. different industries.
0: <laughs> so I, I so my biggest question for you, is, and what and what people don't know is it's she's a medical doctor. Right? Mm-hmm. So yes. And for some that may be surprising, and maybe it may sound a little unorthodox. You're doing comedy you're doing these skits that are kind of edgy and then and then in the daytime you're a doctor right i am. so reflect on that because i want to know this is what i want to know how did you choose or decide that you were going to do both because a lot of people will say you know what i'm gonna leave my nine to five i'm gonna leave my day job i'm gonna leave my profession and i'm gonna go chase this dream and you're holding down both and doing them very well. So kind of reflect on how that all came about for us.
1: Oh, uh, well, I mean, I, th- I guess like any other black parents or any parents for that matter, you want your kids to go to school, become a professional, secure the bag, have mm-hmm. a future. So I went to medical school, I went to undergrad, and then I went to medical school. And soon as I graduated, I jumped on stage and started doing comedy so I don't know it's not that I don't feel like I people ask me all the time which one are you going to do Which? what are you going to choose and I don't feel like I have to choose I feel like they both just develop naturally in my life no for real
0: yeah it, it, they, they coexist and you're making it work see yeah. that's, that's the main thing with people they feel like two things can't work together sometimes they think things can't can't mesh. They can't do it simultaneously. But if you make it work and figure it out, oh, it can. I'm
1: sorry, guys. Honey, can you please come shut this door and try to make as least noise as possible? Thank you. Sorry, it's,
0: guys. It's all good. It's the cool car show. We just kicking it here. It's all organic.
1: <laughs> At home. <laughs> hey. Um, so, yeah, I mean, a lot of people feel like it can't exist. But part of what I do, when I know you asked. Um, I don't I hope I'm not like jumping over any of your questions. But you asked me how do I actually practice medicine and do stand-up comedy. I don't practice medicine. I it depends on what you call practicing medicine. Okay. I stopped practicing with patients uh last February when COVID was announced because my husband is at risk. So I stopped practicing with patients. And during that time, I had already been doing comedy. But during that time, I just kind of let everything flow the way that it flows. I didn't really concern myself with why am I why am I not working in medicine? I actually started teaching medical students full time.
2: Mm. So that's
1: things that I do. So if that's considered practice in medicine, that's how I use my medical degree. Okay. but I mean, I don't know. I don't feel like you have to choose. And I and I worked in psychiatry. For anyone that wanted to know, one of the things that I feel like um causes neurosis or these mental disorders, if it's not just like naturally you're born with it or whatever, is that we worry too much. We we put too much on ourselves, too many boundaries and expectations. Of, mm. When do I have time to do this? When do I have time to do that? And that's what causes the anxiety, depression, and I don't want to say schizophrenia because who knows. That. But definitely, depression and anxiety is caused by just worrying ourselves to death. And that's—I'm not an advocate of worrying yourself to death. I like to just let things happen.
0: Okay, so you're so you're the person that they can come and talk to.
1: Well, I'm the person. So people get psychiatrists and psychologists okay. slash therapists mixed up. Break it down. Break it down. Treat mental health disorders. So chemical imbalances, schizophrenia, depression, anxiety, we treat like when you can't help yourself. Okay. When you want to talk to, that's a therapist. Okay. And a psychologist is someone who studies human behavior. So those are like three different things that cross over into the same category. It it gets complicated, but I'm a psychiatrist, which is a medical doctor, MD. So... No, you have a limited amount of time to talk to me before I give you a prescription. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay. So, <laughs> so, so let me ask you this. So when you were working with patients, so to speak, right? Right. Did it ever become a conflict with you doing comedy? And uh, did anybody ever recognize you from, say, social media? And if they did, how did that work? And and did, was it a conflict of interest with your colleagues or your job? Like, did they know and did they find out or speak on it?
1: No, 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 no. Um, I actually did have a mentor who knew that I do stand-up comedy. And she actually came to my show and she's very supportive. And she's a psychiatrist. So hello to you, doctor. But um, none of the people I worked with knew what I did. And if they did, so what? If you don't want me... This is this has been a, a common conflict for since social media, since the age of social media. If you don't want me... To work for your company because of my passion and what I do and the joy that I bring to the world and what it gives to me, then I, I shouldn't be there. There recently was a medical student. She was a, a pharmacy, a pharmacy student. And I think she was expelled from school because of her social media. And it, it really wasn't it. So I'm a huge advocate of letting professionals be who they want to be in their personal lives and letting them be amazing professionals when they get to work. And that's how we cut down some of the um, suicide rates, which are really, really high in the medical profession. And I think this is why. So I, as, as a person who is a mental health enthusiast, advocate, I will not give in to that type of pressure of compromising who I am in my personal life with my professional life. I don't but,
0: really do So you said the suicide rate is high in the medical professional field, right? Is that because of the pressure and what, what they kind of try to hold themselves up to? Standards or what?
1: I mean, you would have to ask the people who committed suicide,
0: but... <laughs> well, I'm just saying, just being in the field, do you feel like there is pressure to to be a certain way, to carry yourself a certain way
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. I think so. And people, a lot of times these stories that we hear about of uh, medical professions who commit suicide, they'll always say, oh my God, John Doe was the greatest person ever. Always smiling, always on time, mm-hmm. always dependable, great at his job, his or her job, because to commit suicide too. And that's always the story about these people. It's never, yeah, they were depressed and they were, wilding out on social media it's always they were pristine and great employees yeah. and boom they end their life because they can't sustain that type of behavior and if you think about medical school people do expect you to act a certain way and then you go going they want you to act a certain way and then you get a job and they want you to act a certain way before you know it you get 20 years of your life to this profession with minimal appreciation so I do think Suicide rates in medical professions.
0: Minimal appreciation and then minimal, I guess, satisfaction too. Because now you, you can't really... How, how can you be satisfied in what you're doing when you're not really being yourself? Or you feel like you can't be yourself? Yes. You
1: know? Exactly. And that is why. I, I don't know if I'm the only doctor or md who um is an advocate of being yourself on social media and in your personal life but that is one of my main platforms i don't care if i ever ever practice i'm still gonna stand up for what i think is right which is that let people be people
0: yeah and i mean in society's eye too you know they kind of hold them up to a different standard as well doctors lawyers judges whatever any public official you know, you look at them and you don't expect them to see, you don't expect to see them on social media doing certain things. So I, myself, I love it when I can see a person who doesn't let their profession define who they are or define their character or alter their character. You know what I mean? And then, and then you know, you got these dentists on on TikTok, they're dancing and they're doing all the latest dances and you know what I mean? Just like uh, news anchors or whatever it is. I love it. I love That's that
1: and and these professional institutions have to catch up with the times yeah it's like you're gonna I mean I can only speak for myself I'll twerk but twerking is a part of the it's part of my culture so for you to tell me not to twerk or not to listen to rap music or not to speak in a certain vernacular you're asking me to disassociate from my culture and from people that i need to surround me to feel whole and fulfilled and that's we all know in the medical profession that that's not healthy
0: yeah definitely yeah man (laughs) kudos to you though for real for just being you like i love it like i love your feed i love all the skits that you guys do and you know what i'm saying With all the other actors and comedians around town that you work with like i love it you know what i'm saying and and when i found out that you were a doctor I was like, "Wow, I love it even more." You know what I mean? Cuz it's like you you're really just being yourself. And you, you know, you leave that over there and you got this over here and you're doing your thing.
1: Yeah, I definitely don't joke about medicine at all. I don't I don't crack jokes when I'm at work. When I'm at work, I like to describe it as well when I I, I used to like to describe it as like a Clark Clint Clark Kent versus Superman. Like you put that white coat on, and you become a completely different person, you do become your profession. Yeah. But you work, so that's okay. You become superhuman, and every person, every patient that's in front of you, that's the most important thing to you. But when you take that off, go home, now you have to be the most important thing to you.
0: So mm-hmm. that's Absolutely. it. Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. I will not ever talk about a patient or what's going on at my job on stage. Completely separate.
0: Yeah. <laughs> That's dope. Let's talk about, um, I read that you you kind of had a, a, a run in with Chris Rock, like one of your first times back, right? One of your first yeah. times back on stage, ran into Chris mm-hmm. Rock, spent some time with him. How did that impact your career and moving forward?
1: It definitely encouraged me to keep going. Like that was either my first or my second time on stage in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, wait, this is your first time on stage, and you get to meet, like, the greatest to ever do it. One of the greatest to ever yeah. do it. And at least the greatest of my time. Growing up, I've been watching Chris Rock since I was a yeah. wee be. So it just told me, like, you're in the right place, and this is the right time. Don't give up. You know, just keep moving forward. Like, who does that happen to? I, know. I- Went on stage and actually it was Lil Rail who was like, you were, that was funny. You were great. Uh, the reaction of the crowd is amazing. I want you to meet somebody. And I was like, oh, I'm about to go. He was like, no, I, I want you to meet somebody. You're going to want to meet them. Stay here. And like two minutes later, Chris Rock come walking in the door with table. It's just me, my friend, Chris Rock and Lil Rel. And it was just like, how did I get here? But I don't know. But there's, I'm pretty sure there's like bigger things in store for me. So okay. that was
0: <laughs> Listen, when you're walking down that right path god's gonna show you all the all the signs he's gonna show all you
1: all the signs, signs. You know <laughs> I mean?
0: and you just take that for whatever it's worth to you and you run with it yeah, oh, yeah. that's <laughs> oh that's dope so what what is your creative process like oh
1: my god so i have always wanted to be a comedian since i was a little kid so once i got to like college i would like joke around with my friends and just crack up with them all the time but then i actually started writing down notes for like things that i thought were funny i didn't write jokes okay just whatever i thought was funny and i had been doing that ever since i was maybe like a junior in undergrad and so the first time i got on stage in atlanta i was completely like not prepared but i had all these notes in my phone so I was like oh y'all doing stand up here let me let me get on stage I can do this and they was like alright you wanna go first I was like no they was like you wanna go second I was like second or third and while it was almost my time I just looked at those little things that I thought were funny mm-hmm. and got on and talked about them naturally now <laughs> now I try to put more like techniques into it so I'll watch some of my favorite comedians and I'll break down the structure of their joke Okay. And then- that with my own joke with my own words but I'll just use the same structure
0: so Uh, so would you say like doing the skits and stuff keep you kind of on your toes no keep you witty no it's just (laughs) something to do
1: yeah it's just something to do I started doing stand-up long before I did skits and then someone invited me to do a skit so I do them every now and then but that is definitely not my passion it is not where my talent lies my talent is on the stage okay. understand.
0: So, how, how do you book your gigs do you do it yourself do you have someone that you work with
1: uh, a little bit of both i mean <laughs> but a lot of representation have reached out to me to represent me and i'm just, but most of the time comedy is more of a it's it's more of a like who you know who you get who knows you type of thing you don't really needing i'm not big enough to need a manager or an agent let me say that so at this point people just call me directly and then i have a manager if i need to put someone on like an application or something Mm,
0: okay okay now so if you ever booked like say a national tour would you Mm -hmm. leave behind your quote-unquote day job
1: I would have to because i make my own schedule this is my okay. office in my home but okay i teach so i teach virtually medical students all over the world sometimes they're already doctors so no i don't think i would have to there's no comedy going on at eight in the morning and a lot of my clients are 6 a.m 8 a.m 9 a.m very early in the morning so i don't think i would have to okay.
0: no well so what if that so what if that morphed into a, a huge acting career and you're always on set you would just do it while you while you're back
1: <laughs> while you're uh, holding. Yeah, I would take breaks to for, to pursue bigger projects, but okay. I would I never leave medicine behind. That's that's my I don't know. They say do something that keep you do something for money, do something that keeps you in shape, and do something that makes you happy. And uh, medicine is like two of those things. Okay. It, it makes me money, but it makes me happy, too. It brings me, like, a lot of joy. So, I don't think I could ever walk away from that as
2: soon.
0: Okay. Dope, dope, <laughs> dope. So, so, out of all the comedians that you shared the stage with, that like opened up for, who would you say kind of impacted you the most? Like, who left a, a lasting impression on you?
1: <laughs> on the stage, I don't know. But, let me think. Um... So me, I work with... What do you mean? You? I'm going to break it down.
0: I'm going to break it down for you. I'll make it a little bit easier. <laughs> of all the comedians that you work with, who would you say was the humble? who's the most humble?
1: The most humble was definitely Mark Curry. And I mean, he is a giant in the comedy world. He's had TV shows. He's done everything, movies. He's done everything you could think of. And he was doing this in the early 90s. But he is like a cool guy. Like the most down to earth and to everyone. Not just his fellow comedians, but he's down to earth to everyone. But um, I also have to mention, I cannot, I'm having a brain fart and I don't even want to say his name because people are going to murder me for not being able to say his name as quickly. But yeah, we're going to say Mark Curry. Mark Curry is the best. Shout out to Mark.
0: Okay. (laughs) Okay. So who was the most wisest? Who was the wisest one that, that kicked a lot of game to you? And it, it, it could be him too, because I like you say, he's been in the game for the longest, well for the longest time. But
1: um, who kicked a lot of games to me? I think his name was Sherman Golden. He's on tour with Chris Tucker, mm-hmm. and um, he definitely just. Took his time out to give me a few pointers about what I was doing, and we just had some very un- earnest conversations. So, shout out to um, Sherman Golden; he was dope. But who, oh, you know what? My computer's right here. Go ahead with your next question.
0: You about to you about <laughs> to look up some things? <laughs>
1: no, because people are gonna kill me if I
0: if you miss some names.
1: Yes, and blame, I can blame it. Miss- blame
0: it on your mind, not your heart. You know how it goes.
1: No, no, no. You never know. That you can't do that when it's a legend. It's <laughs> Okay, I thought of it. I didn't even get to look it up. I thought of it. Paul Mooney.
0: Paul oh, Mooney.
1: Paul Mooney, for him to be as huge as he is or was just is because it always is. He was humble and he he spoke with me. to my understanding, he's experiencing like some um some form of like Alzheimer's or something. I don't know if he has Alzheimer's, but some kind of like loss of mental capacity. Mm-hmm. And uh, but when I met him, he was lucid, and he he told me, "You're beautiful," and and stay strong in this in this industry because people are gonna hate on you just because you're funny and you're cute. And he was just so sweet, and I was like, no. At that time, I was so shy. I hated compliments. <laughs> No, don't say that. And He was like, "It's true, it's true." You know how he used yeah, it? yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Shout out to Paul Mooney. That was that
1: was a life changing experience for me too. Black Nostradamus. <laughs> Black
0: Nostradamus. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so who would you say was the funniest?
1: Oh, you mean like naturally funny? Naturally
0: funny, like backstage, off stage, when you guys are just talking, regular. Who was the funniest? Who had the funniest First. personality?
1: gonna believe me but honestly the funniest person is mark curry oh my god man that's why i say he's down to earth he's cool and he's hilarious just without even trying every second it's never serious it's always a joke it's always funny (laughs) physical comedy verbally this man is just he's a hoot (laughs) as the old people would say
0: yeah that's dope that he's still touring too
1: yeah he is still torn and he needs to call me and put me on this tour <laughs> <laughs> let's
0: let's speak it speak it into existence put it out there but
1: I promise I'm not exaggerating you guys Mark Curry is the funniest person I've ever met just naturally on stage Ugh, he's fired <laughs> we're
0: gonna have to tag him when I when I put my little snippets of this out on Instagram we're gonna tag him so we can try to get you on that tour when things open back up
1: Right. <laughs> you know
0: what I'm saying? Well, listen, I'm going to kick it to a clip of you doing your thing so people can kind of understand what you're talking about here. All right? And then we're going to come right back. <laughs> this is Nima, y'all, doing her thing on stage organically.
1: Awesome. Any long
2: in
1: my chest? <gasps> Welcome. Oh my I knew it. She's Asian. She got to be smart. <laughs> Any single ladies in here? Yo, yo, bitch. (laughs) And I just dropped in and got a slot on stage, so thank you, affirmative action. (laughs) He get ready to blow, you know. He ain't no young man, you know. He probably be skidding all over your titties and shit. I know white girls like that shit. (laughs) He'll be. this shit don't squirt out, okay? When he grew ready to come, his dick blow a bubble, bitch. <laughs> I just pop that hole and keep my own dick. <laughs> she nasty. <laughs>
2: You're nasty now. Don't try to you know me.
1: It's really hard because I'm married. <laughs> True. On the insurance, okay? <laughs> Older gentleman, okay, salt and pepper. I know what you can do in the bedroom. I mean, I don't personally know that. <laughs> She's like, oh really, bitch? <laughs> so you that bitch?
2: <laughs> Not me, I promise. Look at him like I wonder if
1: I'm old enough. <laughs>
0: So that ladies and gentlemen is what Nima Cat does. See, I make sure. Huh?
1: I said I'm so embarrassed.
0: Girl, please.
1: It's a different person. I don't know. Like when you get on stage, it's like you have to be a badass. You gotta come with all the energy. And off stage, I'm just like, oh my God, no, who's that?
0: Nah, you but you do it well, so don't 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 be shy about that.
1: Thank
0: you. Own that, own that. So let's talk about some of the hurdles. Talk about some of the, the, the obstacles with, with comedy. What what are they for you? And not mm-hmm. only and, and you can speak from a woman's point of view, but then just as a, a comedic figure, what are some of the hurdles? Well, I'm
1: a woman, so mm-hmm. <laughs> probably gonna be from a woman's point of view. Um, for me, it's, I get a lot that um, sometimes people associate the way that I look with whether or not I'm funny and, and it's not the audience, my fans, they're always like, you're hilarious. People chase me down after my show and say, I enjoyed your show. You're, you're funny. You're hilarious. But I think there's always going to be some doubt amongst my peers to say, you're not that funny. You're just beautiful or fine and I always think like I'm not that beautiful like you think I just get on stage and people are like ah, oh, look at those dimples <laughs> like no I'm like I'm, I'm I look okay I'm funny that's that's the difference but definitely people are underestimating my talent because of the way I look so that's oh. one of the hurdles yeah you know? <laughs> I think
0: I think uh, everybody kind of goes through that honestly but I don't know it's just weird man but- and
1: what's happening is that it becomes like a conversation amongst those people. And even so, some, some, some of your peers who may think you're funny are afraid to book you because then it's going to be like a rumor that maybe you like her. Or maybe you have a crush on her. Or you want to date her. And that's why you're working wow. with her versus you think she's hilarious and that's why you want to work with her. So that becomes an issue yeah that's it that's been my only
0: (laughs) so you mean to tell me people will actually pass you up pass over you for a show because of how they feel they may be looked upon i don't
1: know i wouldn't say that because i still got the shows but (laughs) 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 but but it creates rumors is what i'm saying okay
0: got you got you
1: got you because they're ridiculous but I've heard rumors, and I was like, what? Me? I've been married for five years. What are you talking about? But yeah. and that that's usually an issue. Or that in my stand-up, in my skits, um, I utilize you know, my beautiful body because it's mine.
2: Yeah, of course.
1: <laughs> I would be ignorant not to use this tool that's at my disposal. So people will try to say, you're not funny you're just sexy or you're just selling sex and I'm like well sex is a part of entertainment right? or sexiness let me not say sex because I don't sell sex <laughs> but a sexiness is, a, is an advantage that I have in my disposal and I use it but that doesn't mean what I did was not funny it was still funny
0: yeah
1: Period.
0: listen at the end of the day man the entertainment industry is messy so just do you
1: do <laughs> <laughs> mean? And everyone else, according
0: to the rumors. <laughs> Hi, guys. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, just just do you. Hey, I um, you know on Instagram, you put out the thing where you were saying, like, um, ask me some questions or tell me some questions you want answered, right? Yes. The interview. So, somebody by the name of Slay underscore once was asking, what was your nickname growing up? And if you didn't have one, what would you... have nicknamed yourself
1: Oh, sir I had numerous nicknames uh and they were not good nicknames so in school everyone called me bobblehead bobblehead what when I would run I used to run track I was a track star and I would shake my head like this when I ran so (laughs) my name bobblehead since I was like in the seventh or eighth grade and it followed me all the way throughout high school uh but before that as a kid (laughs) I'm a tomboy okay let me put that out there so even though I know how to be ladylike and uh, use my woman whatever what is it called attributes (laughs) yeah (laughs) I'm really a tomboy at heart I'm an athlete so my nickname as a child used to be Germ Germ. <laughs>
0: oh, you were a little dirty kid. <laughs> I was a little dirty kid,
1: they called me Germ Germ, and I could never stay clean. To this day, I can never stay clean. That oh. so was my Germ Germ and bobblehead. <laughs> Even little dirty was one of my nicknames. So there you go, Germ
0: Little Dirty Bobblehead. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> well, listen, when you shook your head, did you win the races?
1: Every time.
0: Well then endearment. hell it don't matter that they should have tried it. Yeah,
1: they loved it. It was a it was a term of endearment. So oh okay.
0: My
1: friend's dad named me that Hey Mr. Tony, Mr. Tony Drake.
0: Bobblehead. <laughs> <That> was- <laughs> wow. So in this climate with this COVID thing, are you still doing shows? how's that working?
1: I was doing shows, but I am trying to complete one of the biggest projects. I just had a show a month ago. Okay. I'm trying to complete one of the biggest projects that I've ever done. I'm trying to start my line of study material for medical doctors or medical students, rather. Mm -hmm. So I'm trying to give myself this whole first quarter of the year to... Get that produced and get that out on the market. So I'm trying to slow down on the shows, but if people call me and book me for a show, I'm gonna be there.
0: <laughs> hey, get that, get that stuff, get that material out there because that material will, yeah, you know what it is.
1: My life, yes, yeah. My children, their children,
0: so exactly, yeah. <laughs> exactly. So sometimes we got to step away to get it right, you know. Yeah. You know, make that foundation a little bit stronger, and then you. Get back at it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And it might help the creative process too, just stepping away, you know, living life.
1: It's hard to step away. It depends on what you call stepping away. It's so hard. I mean, daily I'm scribbling jokes or watching other comedians perform, and it's, you never, I don't think you ever step away. It's just.
0: No, that's what what I mean. I mean, just not being on stage, but just being away from stage, having that time to. Get right. the ideas, the, you know, the thoughts flowing and jotting them down.
1: Exactly. And when you go so back, that,
0: you have an arsenal. Wow.
1: Exactly. Might
0: get the exactly. a Netflix hour-long show, girl.
1: I'm so trying to tell you, hey Netflix, I'm wearing your colors already. <laughs>
0: right. For sure, for sure. Well, listen, I wish you much success. I appreciate you coming on. I'm not gonna hold you too long. I know you're trying to get to bed. I'm just messing with you. <laughs> I got my own jokes. But nah, <laughs> I appreciate you kicking it with your boy and, um, you know, sharing, sharing your life with us. You know what I'm saying? You got some people out here. What could you give to some inspiring comedians that, that are trying to do what you're doing and just want to go at it?
1: Get on stage. Just get up there and say whatever comes to your mind and then don't stop. Keep getting on stage. That's That's how you be a comedian.
0: dope dope there's a value y'all hey i want to thank everybody for tuning in to another episode of kicking a cool card i am here every tuesday night 10 p.m eastern standard time i will have guests like Nima cat coming on the show giving you that value giving you some laughs and giving you some good life all right uh until next time y'all next tuesday you never know who i might have Nima, once again thank you so much appreciate it great having
1: me everyone follow me on Instagram at Nima Cat on Facebook at comedian Nima Cat subscribe to my YouTube Nima Cat and I'm everywhere just keep looking for me
0: yes and your website
1: oh www.NimaCat.com. Yes. yeah <laughs> and
0: I'm at cool car that's cool with a k car with a k instagram wherever you can find me y'all follow y'all subscribe hey we're here and we're out thank y'all once again God bless peace yeah. <laughs>